Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hey friends, Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life, joined by Janet Morana, Executive Director of Priests for Life, on a very historic day. Uh, as you have heard by now, uh, Roe v. Wade apparently has been struck down by the Supreme Court, but it's not yet the official decision, but it was leaked. Janet, this is this is unprecedented right. in history. We're going to talk about this, friend. We want you to know what this draft decision says, and we want to comment about what we need to do about it in the coming days. SupremeCourtVictory.com is the website we want you to pay attention to in the coming uh, days. SupremeCourtVictory.com. Janet, this is a well, day Well, first of, of all, history. you know, Father, it doesn't matter where you are on the abortion issue, okay? But as an American, okay, whether you're pro-abortion or pro-life, as an American, you should be shocked, upset, and furious about this leak. What happened? Yeah. Well, well what happened? Now, because, case- because the whole integrity of our Supreme Court justice system is under attack. Well, right let's now. let's let's review for people that are maybe just hearing this what right. exactly what did, happened. did happen. Right. Okay. This is a document that is it's authentic. We we can we can verify that it's authentic. It is a draft of an opinion of the Supreme Court written by Justice Alito. Last night, Politico posted this on their website. Somehow, they got it from somebody inside the Supreme Court. Now, this is... Yeah, well, first of all, Father, they have to talk about how horrible that is that they even got it. Because what this means is, okay, and we've already, if you've been listening, Carrie Severino, Laura Ingram, and the list goes on and on. These personalities who clerked in the court right. have told us, they've been on the media and have said, when you clerk and work inside the court, there is a, a absolute that they are, do not take papers home. They can't even take a flash drive out of the building. Well, They can't it, reveal anything. And what, what yeah. people also have to understand is, Father, is this draft by Alito, well, we don't know how many times that draft was circulated among the justices and the clerks. And that's the process, and right? That's, that's the it process. gets circulated, you they know, comment. Let's uh, face it. Let's go back. December 1st, they heard the oral arguments. Right. About a week later, they voted. They knew where they were going to stand on this decision. And then over the next, it takes months and months that's right. and months of writing. Because writing. what they do is they mm. go back and forth and right. they go back and forth. In fact, if we go back to Roe v. Wade itself, if you remember, Father, that that little sentence about viability that got thrown in at the end, at the it? last, at the last minute. minute. Yes. So yes. this draft, we don't know, and people might be get, saying, "Why is it taking so long to come down with the decision?" Well, that's because this draft is not the final version yet. Right. We right. don't know how much more passing around, and because what they do is, you know, like let's say a clerk from Alito's office will send it over to Kavanaugh or send it to Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. And and they'll circle something and add something. Well, what it's they're going to do, what, what, what they have to decide is, well, first of all, like you said, they take an initial vote. Yeah. Do I agree? What, what's the holding that I want to affirm? Right. Like we're going to uphold the Mississippi law. This is about, of course, again, for those that are new to this, uh, about the Mississippi law protecting babies in the womb uh, starting at 15 weeks. 
which the court says you can't do. Okay. So uh, are you going to uphold that or are you going to take a different position? Do you want to strike down Roe v. Wade or do you want to uphold Roe v. Wade? So they decide on what their basic position is. And then when they see the written opinion, they look at it and they say, well, I can sign on to this opinion if you change this or that or the other thing. Right. So they modify sentences and make or additions. Or what they're also going to decide in the process of that is maybe I want to sign on to it and then write my own what's called a concurring opinion. Right. I'm going to write my own document saying I agree, but I want to bring up some other arguments that this document doesn't. And then they do the same thing on the other side with the dissent. Right. You know, one justice will write the dissenting opinion, mm -hmm. others will sign on to it, but then they might want to write their own dissenting opinion to go along with that. So all of this is why, like you said, it takes months right. for all this stuff to get written and right. finalized. Now, in that process, the justices can also change their minds. But, you know, it seems to me on a fundamental matter like this, if you've got, as the political story verified, already a majority of justices, as in five, signing on to this, and we'll talk in a minute about exactly what this says, that would be a big deal to change your mind because it's such a fundamental point whether or not well, abortion <laughs> is a constitutional uh And the thing uh, is, the right. justices themselves, meaning the more conservative ones, uh, have said in, in just in other things that they don't see a right to abortion. There is no right to abortion in the, in the Constitution. Constitu no, there isn't. There isn't. And, and the other thing, too, is we know Justice Thomas has gone on record saying that the Supreme Court should get out of being the medical review board. They're sick and tired yes, of that. That's you know? right. So those yeah. points have been already um, well-placed. But the other point I don't think anyone's catching here is, is Politico. How come nobody is calling them to task for what they've done? Because, like, for example, when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, they, they they squashed that story. They, they, didn't, they didn't blast that story. Mm. So when they were presented, when this clerk it's got to be one of the clerks right well there's it's 45 a, there's 45 people that have access to this the nine justices right and then four clerks assigned to each one of them right so you've got a pool of people 45 in all uh yeah any one of them could have uh, any one of them which it's totally unethical if they're a lawyer that is clerking for the justice they could be disbarred. i mean oh, you're, they're gonna be they're gonna be disbarred. You know, you but know, the question goes back with politico yeah they got this just like they got the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. They they sat on that story. Mm -hmm. So what what possessed them to, to yeah. put this out there? Listen, friends, if you have questions, <laughs> ask your questions. We'll get to them. It might take a little while for us to get to them, uh, but ask your questions. Now, for example, Donna is asking very, very a good question. Will they still allow abortion in the cases of incest or rape? Donna, the issue here is, is this, that the... Uh, court in this decision, this draft decision of Alito, is saying that these policy matters on abortion should be decided by the legislators. So if in your state you can convince your lawmakers to pass a law that does not allow abortion in cases of rape and incest, or if in another state people can convince their lawmakers to include the exceptions of rape and incest, the Supreme Court is saying, as long as they have a reason for their law, this is what's called the rational basis review, um, then it's constitutional. 
In other words, abortion has been given this special constitutional status. And this is what doesn't make sense, as we'll go into some detail on this, because abortion isn't in the Constitution. And there's nothing in the Constitution that says that the states cannot legislate on abortion. So Alito is saying, well, then let the states do their job. Right. Why why should public policy that affects you and me and our children and grandchildren be determined by unelected judges, unaccountable justices on the court? Why? It'll do it through the elected. So, so Donna, that would be up to the um, the states. And uh, so the Right to Life League is with us. Thank you for being with us. If Roe is indeed overturned, the battle goes to the individual states. How can national pro-life organizations now pivot to support the numerous state pro-life organizations? Well, actually, yes. Um, right. One is to bring attention to them and, and urge people, like we've been urging people, Janet, get to know your state legislators now. Exactly. <laughs> and connect with your state groups, right? Yeah. But we should also point out, it doesn't take away the, the national role. It doesn't take away the role of the Congress, okay? Because Congress, according to what the court is doing here, would still be able to legislate on abortion. Uh, and of course, the national groups will have a role in, in advocating for that. So you know what I, I think of it, Janet, as it's not so much a, a, a shift from the federal to the state as it is from the court's to the legislatures. Right. And that's really what it's supposed to happen. Yeah. And you know what people have to realize, and really what that means is it goes back to the will of the people. The will of the people. The will of the people, because they elect either pro-life or pro-abortion politicians based on their beliefs. That's who they support. It all goes back to our whole thing about voting pro-life. Yeah. From from the town, from your town council to your school board, all these local positions. You know, where did uh, Obama start as a community organizer? Community organizer. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you got to start on the s- small people there and work your let, way. Let, let's talk about why this might have happened. You know, this is unprecedented. Right. I mean, it actually, yeah. go back to the early 70s. In the case of Roe v. Wade, there was a leak. And in the movie Roe v. Wade, we were involved in, in, right. in, uh, in bringing that about, uh, tells the story of the leak when the justices had their first vote on on the Roe v. Wade decision, it was going in the direction of pro-life, right? Mm -hmm. Upholding the Texas law. Some of the justices didn't like that, and they leaked to the, uh, um, not not any written opinion. This is, I mean, this is a first for a whole opinion to be leaked like this. But they leaked, not the opinion, but they leaked the outcome of the vote in the hopes of doing what? Stirring up, right, the people. The people. To to pressure the court. So that the some maybe at least one justice would change his or her mind. What could be happening here? What could be happening is they're getting close to issuing the decision. The folks on the inside see it's going the wrong way for them. Okay, it's going right. to strike down Roe Wade. They're starting to get desperate. Okay, because their efforts to persuade the justices internally haven't been working. Right. So they say, you know what? Let's just burn the whole thing down. Let's get this out and cause so much public unrest. Now, who knows what kind of threats these justices are are receiving and their families. Right. And now that's now this stirs it all up because it's one thing for a decision to be leaked after it's been made, but before it's been published. It's another thing for it to be leaked before the final decision. And those justices could still change their minds. And that's the that's the pressure tactic here that may be uh, apparently is going on. Well, and, you know, we also have to look at uh, Chief Justice Roberts because I'm sure walking into that building this morning. He (laughs) He was not a happy camper. No, because he's got a clean house now. 
because no one can feel confident right now in anything. That's it's bad. It's it's very bad. I mean, I want to know if they're going to like get the IT department in there and scrub all the computers to well, see. Well, there's got to be some some sort investigation. of investigation. Yeah. Somebody was asking would the FBI get involved, and so uh, I I don't know. I don't know. So someone is asking, uh, what did I do when I heard the leaked opinion? I had just gotten off a prayer call about the Dobbs case. Right. Every Monday night, there's a little prayer call at 8.30, which is right around the time that the political thing was posted, with Marjorie Dannenfelser of Susan B. Anthony List. We had a, uh, about 100 people or more from around the country praying about the Dobbs case. And no sooner did I hang up from that call, I texted Marjorie and I said, hey, good job. It was great to be on the prayer call with you. And then she texts me back a very unusual message. She says, news, checking into it. And I said, what does she mean by that? So right after that, I got a text from one of our close associates saying, um, leaked opinion on overturn of Roe v. Wade. Uh, and then the night began. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. night began. And I grabbed it and I read through it and I was answering questions from people that were calling and so forth. So, um, but but like you're saying, I mean, I, I want to bring up a point here about the abortion distortion. So you're saying, I mean, this is this is no less than an attack on the court, right? Well, it is. The it, leak, that is. The, the leak is an attack on our judicial system. Right. I mean, when you think about it, Father, you know, there's been... A lot of different decisions lately that we as Catholics and Christians, we didn't agree on gay marriage. That's right. You know, uh, but you didn't see anything leaked and craziness. You know, we didn't uh, when when the gay marriage decision by the court upheld gay marriage, we weren't there clawing at the door of the court. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we weren't protesting and going crazy. You know, we were sad, continue to pray, say we still won't accept it. But, you know, th this is an attack of our government because what's happened right now is the left has gone so far off to the left yes uh they really want a socialist marxist kind of government and they want to impose yes they want to impose their radical and they want to silence anyone that does not so therefore they don't respect the process because the process, the process right. is meant to give everyone a voice exactly. no matter how contentious the issue is the process we have, and this includes court procedures, it includes Senate procedures, it includes the filibuster, it includes the, the, the electoral college. You know, these are all built-in safeguards in the wisdom of our founders that allow the minority voice to have a voice. No matter how contentious the issue is, you don't shut down the people you disagree with. Okay, but the other side has proven time and time again that they disrespect the process, that on this issue of abortion especially, the, the volatility of the issue overruns the boundaries according to which is the issue is supposed to be debated. Right. We've seen this time and time again. It's called the abortion distortion. Over all these decades that we've been involved in pro-life work, we've seen it over and over. What it means is that all the rules change when it comes to abortion. Even within this decision, it points this out. That things like, for example, oh, well, just one little example, third party uh, um, uh, representation. In other words, can, a, can an abortionist go into court and claim to be representing the women that he or she uh, does the abortions on? You know, normally this kind of third party standing does not is not recognized by the courts unless you have some kind of substantial intimate relation 
relationship with the person who you are claiming to represent. Right. The abortionist doesn't have that kind of relationship with these women. They're strangers. So the point is that, but in the context of abortion, the court allows it. Right. You see, and and over and over again, the court mentions it even again and again well, in this and, you know, First Father, Amendment if issues. You, if you talk about our founding fathers and the Constitution, what people don't realize, and I only knew this because I did some research for my newest book, uh, Everything You Need to Know About Abortion for Teens. I did some research, and do people realize that? abortion was legal in some colonies and illegal in other colonies. We had 13 founding colonies and they were split. So guess what? If the founding fathers, in other words, the abortion thing wasn't settled even back in colonial days. So if they thought there should be a right to abortion, then they, that's when they would have- Where was it? Where was it? They, See, didn't this is... in, they didn't put it in the constitution. All right. So look, this is- But yet the right to life is there. This is what Alito goes into in detail in this opinion. Okay. And I want to urge you folks, read this, read this opinion. Um, he talks about the history, just like you research for your book, which by the way, did you tell people about your book? Oh, let me hold it up. Father. Everything you need to <laughs> Everything know. Everything you need to know about abortion for, for teens. teens. And for adults too. You will learn. Uh, they can just go to uh, abortionandteens.com, place an order. I'll autograph it for you. I mean, if you really, really want to know about the history Oh, how do we get to Roe v. Yeah. Wade? I, I paint it all in here. Like I but, said, I, I go back. And then here's the best part, Father. Look at this. A photo album. The baby. Of the baby. The starting at baby. seven weeks. So yeah. the baby has its own little photo album here. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to send everyone an autographed copy. Everything you need to know about abortion for teens. Available at abortion and teens. But let, let's talk about the history, and then we'll take some more questions. Right. Uh, Alito goes into the fact that, look, you look back in, well, we got the common law from England. Right. The common law protected the unborn. Right. We inherited it in the colonies. There was no right to abortion. And then in the 1800s, the laws started getting codified against abortion. Now, like you point out, they were different in different colonies. Some of them, you know, made it a crime after quickening because yes. that's when you had evidence that there was life inside. Now we know the baby moves around after six weeks of development, and the, and not the four months. heart starts beating at 21, day, 21 28, days. Yeah. But the point is that um, the, 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 the codification of these laws was a codification of existing policy, not new law. So we look at, at the question, was there a right to life in our nation's history or was there a right to abortion? Even though the policies from colony to colony and eventually state to state had variations, Abortion was not considered a constitutional right. No, never. And that is a key argument for the striking down Roe v. Wade, because first of all, the word abortion is not in the Constitution. Right. Remember that episode from Law and Order? Yes. Who, Where, who was it? Was oh, it Fred Thompson? Fred Thompson. He takes a, a, a copy like of the Constitution off the wall and he holds it and he says, there's no right to abortion in a country. Yeah, where in here is where that? You, here? Do you find it, right? Yeah, He's talking to Sam it. Waterston, right? right yeah. yeah. So law and order, <laughs> that's classic. It's not in there. Right. So what the other side will try to do and what they have done in these arguments in this case and in other cases has said, okay, no, it's not in the text of the Constitution, but it's still a constitutional right. But the court has told us that if you have a constitutional right, it's not in the text. It has to be in the history, the history and traditions of the country. Alito goes through that history and tradition, says, you know what? It's not there. 
Right. It's not there. And then they say, oh, it's in the 14th Amendment because they talk about you can't take away liberty. Well, it's not there either. Because when the states ratified the 14th Amendment, that was in 1868, there were already all these laws against abortion. In fact, three quarters of the states at that point in time protected the unborn baby, not just after quickening, not just after viability, but throughout pregnancy. So how can a state... <laughs> right ratify the 14th Amendment thinking that it has a right to abortion and at the same time be passing and upholding laws that, that prohibit abortion. It's not there. And Alito makes this powerful case here in detail. Now, Roe v. Wade's history was garbage. They relied on the attorney for the pro-abortion side to, 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 uh, for one of the pro-abortion groups uh, to, to, to talk about the history. It was unprecedented, the historical theories he was bringing forward. And it's been debunked since then. So Rose history is very, very, it's non-existent. Alito goes into the history right. and he says, look, this is, this is, there is no right to abortion. Uh, it's only when you get up to the time of Roe v. Wade that you start seeing courts talking about it. There were no judicial or legislative uh, evidence of this before that. So, well, and you know, Father, I saw some people asking, how do we know, in fact, yeah. that this draft is genuine, that this is Alito's writing? Yeah. And I think I've already heard a few experts on the media say, if you look at his other writings, it's his style. No, no. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what you have to understand is we, and even more so the legal experts in the court, we've read hundreds and hundreds of these kinds of documents. The documents have a very, very specific uh, way. And not only uh, 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 do this, does this conform exactly to the arguments of this case, uh, but it's and the format of Supreme Court uh, opinions, but it's exactly Alito's style. Right his arguments, his priorities. It reflects what he was saying in the oral arguments. It is, this is authentic. Everybody who knows this stuff and reads through it, like I was, I've read the briefs in the Dobbs case. And when I read through this last night, I said, oh, it's it's perfect. It's right. perfectly yeah. in. Well, in. I, so there's, there's, right there's, now, there Father, could be very I, little doubt that this is an actual. I feel my heart goes out to the justices and their families because I can imagine they got very little sleep last night. Well, yeah. and to be honest, if if I was uh, married to uh, Justice uh, Alito, I would have called security this morning and asked for a police escort. Well, I wouldn't to be surprised. To the yeah. court. I mean, I would be because you know they were already the pro boards were already picketing outside of uh, Clarence Thomas's home and others. You know, they were already swarming around them yeah. and, and creating pressure. So. I think we, you know, as a nation, we have to be praying for all the justices, really, yeah. uh, right now, because this is we are in a constitutional crisis right now. I hope people realize that. Well, friends, go to SupremeCourtVictory.com. Uh, you can study this case in great detail, uh, and um, and uh, we'll put up there the link to the Politico article where you can actually find this document. Right. You can print it out too, and so forth. So there was one then, question. Yeah, someone's asking where do we think the states stand on the issue today? Well, yeah. There, there's more states uh, that have protection for the unborn than don't. Yes. Uh, that, you know, yes. with the laws that are in place. I mean, there's the been, momentum has been on our side. It has been on yeah. our side. But there has been uh, states like, for instance, Louisiana is one I know off the top of my head, but a bunch others that said uh, they already passed what they called trigger laws that said when abortion, when Roe v. Wade is overturned, abortion will be 100 percent illegal 
no exceptions in our state. Yeah. And you so, basically you have know. a 20, 20, 10 split right now, as right. far as like, like if this becomes the, which it seems like it's on the track to becoming the, the dominant opinion here in this case, and the states can do what they want on abortion, you're going to have about 20, 21 states where the unborn are going to have some serious protection. And we've been seeing states moving in that direction right here in Florida. We right. just had Governor DeSantis sign so, the 15-week bill, yeah. just like Mississippi, right. protecting babies, right? right? Oklahoma has been going wild. Oklahoma uh, just passed uh, to, a bill, too, saying that abortion is going to be illegal in yes. the state. Um, uh, uh, a number of other states. And, been, of course, on the, on the sad end, we uh, have New Jersey, New Jersey where Jersey. Your, your former home, yes. they've they been bad, bad they put, governor. They put there. abortion in their constitution. Uh, let's see, California, well, New York up till birth, California, yeah. Vermont, Illinois, Maryland is Maryland, is, is trying the to... solid blue states, solidly blue states. They're going to enshrine abortion yes, yes. in their state some way or sound. Yeah. But then all the other ones will have, like you said, some will be 100 percent pro-life, others varying degrees. And, and I want people to push back on this phrase about codifying Roe. In fact, someone was just asking about that. Uh, if Congress codified Roe, would it would it be illegal? Uh, Congress can 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 do this. But first of all, they don't have the votes. But secondly, it's not codifying Roe, what these states like New Jersey are doing, Colorado, California, because what they're saying is it's an absolute right. There should be no limitations, not even very popular limitations like parental involvement laws uh, or no taxpayer funding for abortion or even abortion clinic regulations. They want to wipe away every kind of regulation or limitation on abortion. You know what? Roe v. Wade didn't say that. Right. In fact, Roe v. Wade went out of its way to say, number one, that the right to an abortion is not absolute. That number two, there is an interest that the state has in protecting that life in the womb, whatever you end up calling it. And it has an interest in protecting the, the health of the mother. And that abortion is inherently a medical decision is made by the physician. These laws like New Jersey and these other states are passing, they don't say that. They don't, and, fa and in fact, Roe v. Wade even allowed for the states to prohibit abortion in the final months of pregnancy. Now, later on, the court, you know, threw out that trimester framework. But when the Democrats say we want to codify Roe, either they don't know what they're talking about, which is a very, very oh, real, that's real. real possibility. That's very real. Or they're <laughs> deliberately trying to deceive people because Roe v. Wade is much, I mean, Roe v. Wade is completely un, unreasonable, but in comparison to these laws that they're trying to push of unlimited abortion, it's it's very reasonable. Um, well, it's very different. I have to tell you, Father, when I, I stayed up late last night too, watching all the reports, but when I woke up this morning, you know what my first thought was? Well, Norma, we did it. Norma McCorvey. Norma McCorvey, the Jane Roe, Roe v. Wade. As you know, we spoke to her right before she died, within an hour of her death. And we promised her that we would continue the fight, we would continue the work to see that in our lifetime, Roe v. Wade would be overturned. So mm. when I woke up this morning, I looked up like this and I said, okay, Norma, it's done. Yeah. It's going to be gone. You know? you know, I've been saying for many years, I said, mark my words, we, not some future generation, we will see the end of Roe v. Wade. I, and we've been saying that for, for, for quite, many years. For quite a long time. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, when you think about it, too, not having Roe, the, the quote, quote, Lord of the Land out there, 
I know for a fact from the Silent No More Awareness campaign, it's going to save so it's going to save babies. It's also going to save women. Oh, from the pain. From the yes, pain. the distress. So many of these women said, you know, if it wasn't legal, I wouldn't have considered it. That's right. If it wasn't legal, how many parents would not have dragged their daughter off for yeah. an abortion or suggested it? Exactly. You know? We have Mary Jane Camilleri asking a question. We know ah, we know Mary Jane. We know Mary Jane. Uh, Hi, Mary Jane. <laughs> does it uh, make sense to you that there be a constitutional amendment which explicitly protects human life in the womb, answer from a theoretical view and then from a political view? So a constitutional amendment is the ultimate goal, That's goal. of our movement. And, and so this fact, is a step. Oh, reversing Roe is a step it's towards a step the goal. in the yeah. right direction. And also, too, wanting what's called the human life amendment, first of all, that was at the heart and basis of the founder, Nellie Gray, of the March for Life. That's right. That's what they believed in, those founders of the March for Life, from the very, you know, when Roe v. Wade became, existed, yeah. they right away wanted a human life amendment that was yeah. in their heart. It's even in the Republican Party platform. It is. It is. It's, to, to this that, expression that that's the ultimate. Of, the ultimate goal is a human life amendment. Yeah. So- is that a great idea? Absolutely. Well, it's also a goal articulated by the United States Catholic bishops, too, yes. in their pastoral plan for pro-life activities. Um, because you know what it is? Okay. It's the ultimate way in, America, in our American system of government to secure any particular right. right. The ultimate way is to declare it in the Constitution. Um, now, there's two ways of going about this. One is at, at the amendment process is a steep hill to climb. Right. You've got to have two-thirds of both houses of Congress and three-quarters of the states. That's a lot of consensus among the American people. And the founders made it, purposely made it hard to do. And that's why, by the way, Elian Alito points this out in this draft decision, that when it comes to questions of whether the Supreme Court has correctly interpreted the Constitution, because the only other way of clarifying whether something is or isn't a constitutional right is to amend the Constitution, and that's a high hill to climb, right. we have to be ready to correct our mistakes. You see, in other words, people say, oh, well, Roe v. Wade's been in place such a long time, you have to reaffirm it. No, no, that's not yeah. the doctrine of the court. You don't right. have to reaffirm it just because it's in place a long time. In fact, if oh. it's wrong constitutionally, you have to correct it. Well, and Father, that's our history. Uh, at one time, it was legal to have slavery. At one time, it was legal for women night to vote. And so segregation, right? right? For, so all that, those were steep hills to climb that eventually yes. were overcome. The Supreme, Either the Supreme Court corrects an erroneous constitutional sure. interpretation. Right. Or, or you got to have a constitutional amendment. And, and 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 that's why they say that that that, that this stare decisis, you know, this right. let things stand the way the court has decided them. There's a there's an important value there. Okay, there's an important meaning to that, but it's at its weakest when it comes to these constant core constitutional questions. Not everything a court decides is a constitutional question. The courts are deciding disputes between people, you know, right. who say they've been injured in a certain way by the by the government. Okay, but but constitutional questions. You have, sure, you look at stare decisis, but it's not a command, an inexorable decree. You've got to be able to change if you recognize, wait a minute, this doesn't, like, like Alito was saying here, there's no right to abortion in the Constitution. Let the political bodies work it out. So then Mary Jane goes on to the 
to the uh, question of, well, what about politically? Politically, the support isn't there yet for a constitutional amendment. No. But that's okay. We're working towards that. Exactly. You know, but I mean, that's that's the final goal. Yeah. And we just keep working. I mean, obviously, the first goal was to get rid of Ro Roe v. Wade. So once that, it looks like we're about to we're do about, that. <laughs> it, you know, and people have to understand it's not done yet. It's no, not no, 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 no. This was a draft leak. A leak. We it have should not, not they, have happened. It should not have happened. They have, and they have not issued their decision or the formal document yet. That's right. That's yet to happen. So that's why we have to keep praying. You know, this is not a done deal. But the first goal was if we get rid of Roe v. Wade, then it goes back to the states. And now, you know, someone else, I think, asked, will this affect the midterm election? Of course it's well, going to because it's going to. Well, if you ask me, finally, if someone were to give me the prediction here, this was definitely a, a, a liberal Democrat who leaked this, someone within the court, that were a clerk, because... They're looking at the news cycle. Biden's ruling rank is going this, 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 right? The country is, we're about to go into a, a recession. Gas is through the roof, food through the roof, uh, supply issues. I mean, it's, and then of course is the war. In Ukraine. I mean, there's just so many problems that every poll you look at says the Republicans are going to romp in November and mm -hmm. take back the House yeah. uh, and increase the Senate and so forth and so on. So if you ask me, the liberals are getting desperate. And when they get desperate, they try anything. It's an act of desperation. It's an act of yeah. desperation. They, first of all, look what they've accomplished. They changed the news cycle. Yesterday, before this happened, the news cycle was all about Biden's numbers, the war in Ukraine, the economy, inflation, the interest rates about to go up. That was the news cycle. What did they do? They changed the news cycle now, didn't mm -hmm. they? And they feel this will now, because I think a lot of there were some Democratic voters, too, who were switching, that they were going to support Republicans now. They, they actually had them on the news, people switching over to the Republican Party. So what's going to happen now? Well, all these people who want to keep abortion, that's going to gin them up to get out and vote. I think that's what this is, a tactic to get Well, my challenge them, to the other side. side is make your case. It's, they don't want to describe what they defend. So make your case. You think dismembering a baby is okay? Right. Show, show, show it to us. Show America show, what show, an abortion show, is. Show it to us. Show yeah. it. As yeah. a matter of fact, they can go. We have a let's let the camera focus on you for a minute. I'm going to get some. Look Where's at the, oh, let's get the, the board that shows the abortion diagrams. I think it's right there. Uh, look at abortion. Yeah. They can go to lookatabortion.com, right? Look at abortion. Yes, that's right. Lookatabortion.com. We have a web page. You're friends. Okay, take yeah. a good look at this. The Democrats won't show you this. No, no, no. But this is what they support. So this is what, oh, yeah. Oh, we want Roe v. Wade. We want Roe v. Wade. You want Roe v. Wade? This is what you want. This is what you want. In fact, let me bring bring it closer to the camera. This is what you want. This is this is this is what an abortion does. This is a medical diagram uh, showing the literally the dismemberment of the baby piece by piece. And uh, my goodness, I mean, how can any civilized person? Um, allow this uh, or, or agree with this or think that this is constitutional. Um, there it is. I mean, this is what it is, brothers and sisters. So, um, yeah, so we, we, we have to keep showing the, showing the people. But all right, well, let's look at some of these other questions. Um, uh, let's see what uh, a couple of these other ones. Uh, 
Will the person who leaked it be found? Well, we hope so. We hope so. Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, Father. Well, first of all, they have to first see, find who the person is, Uh, and I have a hunch they're going to have to check everyone's computer system there to see outgoing emails and all that, and they could find out from what computer it came from. You know that this was sent. This had to have been passed electronically, Father. Right. I mean, that's how this was leaked. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. some computer within that Supreme Court building, uh, somebody pressed the button and leaked it. Yeah. And then if that person is a lawyer, because a lot of the clerks are attorneys. They're in their beginning of their career. Right. If it's an attorney, they will be automatically disbarred, mm-hmm. 100%. And if any other charges can be brought against them, I don't know. That's for the, the courts to figure that part out. But uh, Somebody said, how uh, will this affect the midterms? You know, it, 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 um, the other side is going to try to say the Supreme Court is taking away our right to abortion. That's right. not what's happening. No. The Supreme <laughs> Court is, is throwing it back to the people, both on the federal and the state uh, lawmaking level, to decide to work out the, the, the competing, right. the competing it's, it's saying, uh, arguments. Whether abortion is legal or illegal is not the decision of the courts, but the decision of the legislature. Of the people. Okay. The people. So in that sense... It can help the midterms quite a bit that, first of all, we expose it and we say to people, here's what the Democrats stand for. Right. Because the Democrats don't want people to see the, 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 these diagrams. They don't want people to hear a description of abortion. So if this inflames the debate, which is obviously doing, and pro-life people, including pro-life candidates, are not afraid to describe abortion... It will help the midterms. Pro-life is a winning issue. We have seen that in electoral politics in America. Some candidates get bad advice and they're told, oh, well, yeah, you say you're pro-life, but then quickly change the subject and go off to another issue. Well, it's something that uh, President Trump didn't shy away from when he was debating Hillary Clinton in that last debate. He was the first time, I was cheering, he was the first time a candidate said, oh, well, you're for ripping a baby apart. Ripped them from the womb. Ripped that's them from right. the womb. Yeah. Nine months. Nine months. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's what the Democrats are for, abortion to birth. And so you got to call them out on it and, and say it is what it is. Here's know? a very good question from Iris. So, Father, you said this is the first step in the right direction. What is the next step? Do we get to vote pro-life? The next step after uh, after the court takes, the, what, what the court is doing here again, if this becomes the the, the actual opinion, is taking away the obstacle for the lawmakers to actually protect the unborn and prohibit abortion. And protect the mothers. So the next step is to get those laws in place, both on the state and the federal level. So we have to get to know our state legislators, work with them, advance pro-life legislation in the state's and in the Congress, so that more and more and more babies are actually protected under the law in more and more circumstances. And, and Father, you know, just at the federal level alone, this is going to really help. There's all kinds of legislation that's been sitting in the hopper there. And yes. That, and, and if we increase the House and the Senate yeah. in the midterms, well, the, the Born Alive bill. Protecting all right. So us, let's let a few of the steps in the Congress. Born Alive. Start by protecting babies who survive abortion. Right. Okay. That no, bill could come out of the yes, right. hopper and be signed into No law. taxpayer funding for abortion. Right. Okay. Um, Fetal pain was another one. Protecting babies. Well, see, what? then they have to decide at what limit are we going to 
put abortion on the federal level. Because right now there is no federal law that stops abortion at any time in pregnancy. People should ponder that for a moment. There is no if a healthy mother carrying a healthy baby wants to get an abortion the day before birth. There's no federal law that prohibits that. Right. No federal law. So the federal lawmakers need to decide what are we going to do? Are we going to do what Mississippi did? They could. 15 weeks, what Florida just did. Okay, right. this is becoming more popular. Because now, I mean, the court is saying, with this opinion, by the way, Janet, the court doesn't just say that 15 weeks is constitutional. They're saying the states can protect all the babies. All the babies. From, from, from the beginning. Right. Whatever they want. So yeah. that's the, the, the but, but on the federal level, realistically. Well, the problem we have on the federal level, too, right now, Father, is we have a pro-abortion president. So even if we get it, <laughs> the House and the Senate to pass it. This is why we have to get a super majority right. because even if if Biden vetoes it, mm -hmm. they can override a veto. But we, right, but we, do you have enough? We don't have do enough have, right now. We don't now. have enough right now. If the if the November midterms are so dramatic, so dramatic that we were to get a super majority in the House, which is quite possible in the Senate, it's a lot harder. But if we that were to happen, you'd be looking at override veto override. Yeah, veto override. So that's to me why. We have got to get out and vote for this election. Everyone yeah. should be, you know, check my voter registration.com, check it, make sure your, your registration is intact. And we've got to get out and vote because we could make a huge, huge difference for the unborn and protection exactly. and their mothers. And their mothers. You Let's know? look at some of the other questions that are coming in. And thank you, everybody, for your uh, participation and uh, in, in all of this. Uh, let's see some of these questions. Give us a second here in a while to look at them. Um, okay, we saw those. Is any country so polarized over abortion as ours? Well, you know, I worked at the Vatican for a while and European leaders used to come and uh, sit with us and talk. And they said, oh, you guys in America, you know, pro-life, pro-choice. And you go out on the streets and it's a big battle. And in the elections, it's, we have the battle, but, you know, we're more quiet about it. So a lot of nations, I mean, all nations have this battle to one extent or another. But a lot of them are more—I don't know—the battle is more quiet. And well, but the other thing too, we have to point out, Father, is America. We are the most extreme country in the world on abortion, because yeah, most of Europe only allows abortion in the first trimester. That's right. Weeks. Yeah, yeah. We're in the company. We're, we're in the of company of China, China, North Korea, right? Vietnam, Vietnam uh, uh, like all these communist nations. Mm. We're part. They're partnering with us. They're going, oh, yeah, we want to do what America does. Kill so when you birth. combine right. that extreme policy right. with the American spirit of free speech, protest, freedom of assembly, right. redress of grievances against the government, we got a strong tradition of standing up for what's right even when the government gets it wrong. We're probably you know, the most volatile on this issue. Yeah. yeah, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's see. What 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 else? Uh, my church has a pro-life group. I want to get involved. Where can I start? <laughs> so good. Well, start by first of all, prayer. <laughs> you know, I always tell everybody, if you want to get the church active, start with them praying for abortion. Rosaries and for life. Rosaries for life. Adoration. But, but let's remind them, Father, because this is the thing that does not get mentioned enough. Brothers and sisters, the bishops pastoral plan for pro-life activity actually says that at 
in the intentions, the prayer and intentions of the faithful, there must be one petition for life. Yes. At, at every single mass. Yes. And I'm sure many of you don't even hear that. So there's one thing you could do, point it out to the priest. And they could get the petitions from us. Yes, on our website. ProLifeLiturgy.com. We have them there. Yep. So at every Mass, you're supposed to hear a prayer to end abortion or a praying for the mothers considering an abortion. Right. Praying for the babies that might be aborted tomorrow. For a culture of life. Culture of life. Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be mentioned at every Mass as one of the intentions. So that's step one. And then, you know, like we just said, what about having a rosary for life? And once you get people praying for an end to abortion, then they're at least thinking about it. And then you can get them activated. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, you know, if you want to see, because a lot of a lot of people think, oh, not in my neighborhood. Oh, we don't have abortion happening in my area. Yeah, I'm sure you do. You just have to go and see where the nearest abortion mill is, you know? One of the ways, too, for a parish pro-life group to get started is to um, connect with the local pregnancy centers in the community. Find yes. out what they're doing, what mm -hmm. help they need, and how we can publicize. Get the priest over there to see it in person and how we can publicize the center through the parish uh, uh, right. means of communication. That's very important. That uh, and that's very fruitful. And also to messages for those who've had abortions. Mm -hmm. uh, we have that webpage, abortionforgiveness.com. They put in their zip code. They see where the nearest Rachel's Vineyard or the healing ministries are. So again, when you're when you're talking about abortion, you're also saying, we're, we're not condemning those who've had abortions. We're here to have a hand of hope and healing for them too. Exactly, exactly. Why do the left love to murder babies? Isn't that a, a, a good question? Well, uh, everything they, on the left is puzzling. Like, for example, as you know, Father, I'm a former public school teacher. Why do all the teachers union back pro-abortion candidates? Why? You know? When I left my job in New York City in, in the year 2000, and they gave me my little goodbye lunch, I, I said to them all, I said, well, I'm leaving my teaching job so I can provide you all with some job security. And they were, what do you mean, Janet? I said, well, because if you keep aborting the children, your class size is going to go down and some of you are going to lose a job. It's an irony, Father, isn't it? That mm -hmm. they support abortion-loving candidates every mm -hmm. single time. It's, a, it's amazing. You know, it, 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 on one level, it's, it's a... Um an alliance with the abortion industry, you know, murdering these babies leads to a lot of profit for a lot of people, including the selling of the body parts. And it's a very lucrative, um, very lucrative industry. And that money goes back where? That money goes into the candidates of the, Demo yeah. uh, the, 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 the campaigns of the Democrat candidates. Yeah. So there's that. So, Father, here's a question they keep asking. Will uh, Pelosi and Biden ever get excommunicated <coughs> for their position on abortion? But uh, we have a great brochure you just wrote about politicians and abortion, and they can get that at our online store at prolifeproducts.org. Mm -hmm. You go through all the points uh, about politicians. Yeah, ask the bishops. Ask the bishops, exactly. Mm -hmm. No, they. Uh, <coughs> the, the leadership today in the church is, uh, uh, is a very unwilling to punish. Very oh, except for punishing priests that are pro-life. Right. You know, with that exception. Yeah. They'll punish oh, wow. me before they punish Biden. <coughs> right. Um, the school boards. Yeah, right. The school boards protect uh, uh, supporting abortion is a deep contradiction. That's uh, right. A deep contradiction. Mm -hmm. So this is his, an historic day. It is, certainly. This is a powerful document. We will see now what the court is going to do. If they are ready 
to issue their decision, let them issue it. If they need more time, let them take more time. <coughs> the court like should said, not be draft, pressured. Yeah. It's a draft. The court should not be pressured. Let's pray now that the justices that are ready and willing to reverse Roe v. Wade <coughs> yep. will stay the course. Yep. That's the key. Stay the course, stay not the course. be distracted, right. not Deterred. be intimidated. Right. right. Let us pray. And friends, again, go to SupremeCourtVictory.com. Sign up. Get the information. Stay in contact with us there. Let us pray. Father, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit upon the justices of the Supreme Court. And uh, as this story blows up all over the country, all over the world, keep them focused. Keep them focused on finishing this decision, on getting it out, and keep those who are convinced of what is right on the path of judging according to what is right, sticking with their decision and, and, and keeping that decision based, Lord, not on public pressure or confusion, but on the Constitution of the United States, which they are sworn to uphold. We ask all this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for the discussion, Janet. Thank you, Thanks Father. for the discussion, friends. All your questions and comments, SupremeCourtVictory.com. And we'll be back to you as these events unfold during these days with much more commentary. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.